Welcome to the Bridge Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from our senior pastor, Neil Haney. To access other resources or to find out more information about our church, visit thebridgespringfield.com or find us on social media at The Bridge Springfield. Two weeks ago, uh, when I preached the first time, I was a little rusty. Uh, I, I had to go back and, and watch the, the sermon. We, we have to do that because you know, part of the reason for that is we pull out excerpts and, and then we let pe- the people know that are doing the uh, posting online, uh, you know, the, the minute or two that they, they should post. So we have to, and I was just so impressed with how monotone and low energy I was that morning. So I, I apologize to you for that. I'm afraid I might have put some of you to sleep, but hopefully this morning that won't be the case. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I'm getting a wake-up call right now, so yeah. Please remember to turn your phones off. That would be great. Well, um, Dennis and I have, have, have uh, launched a series two weeks ago called Living in His Body. And it's about the church. And, it, and, and it's, it's about us as individuals being a part of the body of Christ in, in the local church. And, um, yeah, I just want to say right up front that, um, that we're, <clears throat> we're really the purpose of the series uh, is, is really to encourage you, if you haven't already, and you feel called to be, to be in this community of believers, to really be committed to the body of Christ here, to really be connected in a, in a living way to the body of Christ here, and then to ultimately serve in this body, uh, because God gives us, you know, through the Holy Spirit, uh, the Lord gives us gifts to use to minister to the body and then out from the body to those around us in the world. And so that's really, you know, I'm telling you right up front, you know, no hidden agenda here. Uh, that, that's really our, our purpose in this. Um, but I want to say, this morning I was actually going to teach on the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, that, that seemed like the next thing up. And, and the Lord has redirected my my teaching a little bit this morning to not so to teach not so much about the the what of of the um, of the gifts you know the gifts of the spirit are, are listed at least some of them are listed in in first corinthians 12 and in some are listed listed in romans 12 and there's some overlap and i don't believe there's an exhausted list of the gift of, gifts of the spirit because the, the spirit is so there's so much variety in in the spirit and in the body of christ and so I think that both of those lists are, are very um, partial. They're, very, very, uh, they're not a, an exhaustive list of the gifts of the Spirit. I, I believe they're gifts of the Spirit. I believe humor is a gift of the Spirit, honestly. By the way, did, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm known for my dad jokes. And I found out that since my daughter's been home that she tells more dad jokes than I do. There is some bad DNA that gets handed down. So, yeah. so do, you know the, do you know how to know a dad joke is a dad joke? I should stop right there. You know a dad joke is a dad joke because it's apparent. It's, yeah. Sorry. That I mean, it's been three and a half months, folks, okay? Come on. I'm, I'm kind of backed up a little bit, okay? 
So, um, so I, I'm going to approach things a little bit different this morning. I, you know, I have, a, I have a couple of friends, actually, they're sports writers, and uh, you know, they, they are always talking about how you, you don't bury the lead. You, you, you make sure that people understand right up front what you're talking about. And so this morning, I'm going to be a little sneaky. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some, some uh, disclaimers before I actually hit the punchline of what my sermon's about. And so the first disclaimer is that um, we, we are a gospel of grace church. Like, like, we feel like, you know, if you come in this door over here, you will see uh, a sign that says the gospel changes everything. And it really does. And, and part of the problem in the American church is that we've kind of lost sight of the gospel. And we, we do a lot of preaching on performance and how to please God and, and, and um, you know, how to make sure that you're, you're, you're forgiven and, and how to make sure that you're saved and, and how to make sure that, you know, you're bearing fruit so that God will be pleased with you and all this stuff. And, and you know, frankly, what Jesus did settled that forever. So right up front, I want you to know that. Um, and so what I'm going to be talking about this morning has nothing to do specifically with your salvation or your acceptance before God. It just doesn't. Um, uh, but, but, but I feel like the Lord wants me to go someplace that I don't normally go this morning. Uh, but Paul does. And, and here's the interesting thing. So my first sermon in this series was that the, the church is the most powerful force on earth. And then Dennis followed up by talking about uh, the unity of the Spirit last, last week and how the Spirit is what unites us and empowers us to be the church. And I love that, and it's absolutely true. It's interesting to me, though, that, that Paul, um, in, in the first three chapters, he presents the gospel. And I, I want to I summarize that for you this morning, because I always, we always want to talk about the gospel. And so in the book of Ephesians, he spends the first three chapters making sure that you know your identity, making sure that you know that you're, you're loved, you've been adopted, you're saved, you're, you're in, the, in the family, you're in the kingdom, you're, you're permanently a part of, of this beautiful, magnificent masterpiece called the church, and, and you're, you're, you're his. And so we, we, you know, right out of the gate, Paul says, you know, God loves you, and he always has. He's always loved you from eternity. And, and he sent Jesus to, to make sure that you know that you're adopted into the family of God permanently. You're accepted in the beloved, as some translations put it. And then he goes on to talk about, man, you were dead in your transgressions, your trespasses and sins in, in which you used to live. You used to live in sin. And, and you were just a, a part of this evilness that's in the world. And then he says the phrase, but God, in his great love for us, when we were dead in our transgressions and sins, made us alive in Christ and seated with him in heavenly places. Now, let me just say this. I, I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time with this. If you've not experienced that, that but God part, if you're still living in darkness and sin and, and you've never come into the family of, of Christ, if you've never accepted Christ as Lord and Savior and you haven't received his spirit, would you, just, would you just do that right now? Would you say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Give me your spirit and make me alive. If you do that, it's a simple prayer. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Give me your spirit. Give me your life. 
Forgive my sins. Mean, you know, your sins have been paid for. And, and, and just you know, fill me up with yourself. Bring me out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. If you do that, he'll do that instantly. And you will become born again and alive forever, permanently. And so Paul spends three chapters talking about that. In chapter 3, he's talking about how he's, by the cross, he's removed the dividing wall between the believing Jews, the Jews that accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, and Gentiles that did the same thing. And he says the mystery of the ages is that the Gentiles are now invited into the body of Christ, into the kingdom of God, into the family of God. And so if you belong to Christ, even as a Gentile, you're still... You're still spiritual sons of Abraham. Well, he says that in Romans, but you're spiritual sons of Abraham, spiritual daughters of Abraham, and you're now in the family. Jews and Gentiles alike as one becoming the church. But here's, here's the thing, and Dennis uh, was talking about the first uh, you know, three verses of, of, of chapter 4. I'm going to pick up right there this morning, and I'm going I'm to go further with this. I'm going to talk about something very important. Uh, that has to do with serving the body of Christ in the gifts of the Spirit. But before I talk about the what, I want to talk about the why and how. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read this. As prisoners, I'm sorry, as a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Now, you've got to understand who's talking here. This is Paul, who used to be Saul, who was a Pharisee, you know, the bad guys in the, in, the, in the Gospels, he was one of those guys. He was a teacher of the law. He, was, he called himself a Pharisee of Pharisees. In other words, he says, I was outstripping all the competition to be the best Pharisee and the best keeper of the law among my peers. I was, the, I was a Jew of Jews, a Pharisee of Pharisees. I kept the, law, the letter of the law to perfection. But, but when he came to Christ, he began to realize how undone he was in terms of actually keeping the letter of the law. And Romans 7, I believe, is Paul's early attempts to continue to try to please God by keeping the law and finding out that's not how this works. I really believe that, that Paul had to experience a little bit of what we go through in, in trying to be good enough and trying to be accepted by God by, by keeping the commandments and, and being good boys and girls. And we find out that it's impossible to do it that way. We have to depend on the Spirit of God. That's, that's the conclusion that he draws in Romans 8, at the end of Romans 7, Romans 8. Now, the, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Okay. So... <laughs> He says, so, so now he is a joyful prisoner for the Lord ministering to the people that he hated the most in this world, and that was the Gentiles. Now he's called to the Gentiles to bring the gospel to them, the same gospel that he's learned. He now is presenting to his beloved Gentile churches, and this happens to be the church in Ephesus. And so he says, Brothers and sisters, I'm a prisoner for the Lord, not of Caesar, not of Rome, even though he was in chains. He said, I'm a prisoner for the Lord. And he says, I want to urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Well, you know, why would he say that? Well, I'm going to get into that. So this is the next thing he says right out of the gate. Be 
completely humble and completely gentle. Hmm, interesting. Be completely humble and completely gentle. Be patient, he says, bearing with one another in love. Wow, that's a... That, that's an interesting start to how to apply. So, so, so he's moving from, from the fact that we are loved, we're saved, we're adopted, we're, 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 we're in, in the family, we're in the body, we're, we're part of this beautiful, magnificent masterpiece called the church. And now he's beginning to talk about how to live this out. And he goes on for three chapters talking about how to live. But the very first thing he says out of the gate is be gentle, be humble, and be gentle, and be patient, and, and bear with one another. He goes on to say, uh, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ has forgiven you. He says, you know, put off your former way of life. Uh, be made new in the attitude of your mind. Put, off, put, put the new self created like God in true righteousness and, and put off falsehood and put off anything of the old man. Why is he having to say that? Dennis gave us a clue last week. I love, I love this little poem, and it, it's worth repeating. He said this, To live above with saints we love, oh, that will be glory. But to live below with the saints that we know, well, that's another story. <laughs> now, now, we laugh about that. But why is that funny? And, and, you know, I learned before I even met Dennis, I found this out about Russians. He's, all Ru- Russians say that in all humor, there's a little bit of truth. And so we laugh when we think about living below the saints that we know because we understand that we're not always easy to live with. You know, you know what I'm saying? We, we, have, to, we have to be very loving and forgiving at times. Because, man, we, we get on each other's nerves. We, we grate on each other's nerves. I mean, even Dennis and Wes and me sometimes, you know, in our, in our meetings, we'll, Wes has more than once had to say, guys, chill out. Why are you so intense? You're on the same page. Stop yelling at each other, you know. You would never have thought that about me, I'm sure. But anyway, it's all Dennis's fault anyway. So, yeah. Just kidding, just kidding. So, how do we live in the body? Well, we have to live in, in humility. We have to live in gentleness. We have to live in patience. We have to bear with one, one another in love. We have to make effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. We have to be forgiving as we've been forgiven. And so, I, I want to I read a little bit further here. He says... Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace because there is one body, we're one, there's one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is over all, in all, and through all, and in all. But listen to this, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Now, the word grace there can also mean gift. I mean, grace is a gift, right? But, but that word that's used for grace can also mean a spiritual gift. 
So he's talking about both, actually. And he says, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service. And that's where we're headed here. (laughs) So that the body of Christ may be built up. Jesus says, we read last, last, uh, actually the last two weeks, we've talked about Matthew 6.18 where Jesus says, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Well, this is, this is our part in helping build the church. So, so, uh, so, so Christ has given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the, his people, the saints, for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in faith and in the, <clears throat> excuse me, in the knowledge of the, of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God. Which indicates what? That we're not quite all there yet. Now, when I say not quite all there, I'm not talking about, you know. Sometimes I'm not quite all there. Just ask my wife and my daughter. But anyway, he says, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by every wind of teaching. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. For him, the whole body is joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As each part does its work. Guys, you have a calling, and you have been given gifts, and you need to be a part of the work of building up the body of Christ because you're a part of the body. You know, and, and I've, I've discovered that I'm a mouth, you know? Now, that cuts two ways. We, we, uh, we go to lunch uh, pretty much every Sunday with, with folks from the church, and, and, and uh, you know, almost every, every Sunday on the way home, my wife will turn to me and say, man, you talk a lot. <laughs> Proverbs uh, 10, 19 says, when words are many, sin is unavoidable. <laughs> but he who restrains his lips is wise. So I don't claim to be wise, but Proverbs also says not to do that. So, you know, don't be wise in your own eyes. So apparently I'm not very. But at the same time, guys, I, I re, back in 2012 when I was in the middle of the throes of depression and, and I, was, I was at a, uh, basically a, a retreat for people that were struggling with depression and anxiety. It was called Come Away retreat and uh, got ministered to for an entire week. The worship leader that week, um, the night before she was to lead worship on Friday, the last day of the retreat, got a prophetic word for all 12 of us who were in that retreat. It was so powerful. And, and so I received this. She didn't know me from Adam, but she wrote this down. Neil, God's messenger, you give God voice. Man, that... The timing of that word to me was so awesome because I felt like I was done. I, I never thought I'd speak from the stage again. I really thought I was done here. And, and that was so encouraging. But I am a bit of a mouthpiece, even though I talk too much. Um, and so, so each, 
Each one of us has a calling and each one of us has a part to play. And if we don't play our part, it's not that, that we're disqualified from the kingdom. It's not that we lose our salvation if we don't do our part. It's not, you know, that, again, that stuff is settled. But what we're talking about, what Dennis and I are talking about in commitment and connection and service is to actually to play our part and to do our part and to use our gifts that God has given us in a way that, that doesn't cause paralysis or dysfunction in the body of Christ. And so if you don't know what your gift is and you don't know what your calling is and you don't know what your part is, then you know, Dennis and I want to, you know, part of our, our job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. But there's something else that I want to talk about this morning that is super important, super, super important. Um, Dennis really messed me up a, a couple of weeks ago in a good way. We, we were having our first meeting after I got back from, we meet every Tuesday. We have staff meeting, and then Wes and Dennis and I have what we call a pastoral huddle. And we usually do that over, over lunch at Casa. Um, but it was just Dennis and me, and, and so we didn't have it, since Wes wasn't there, we didn't have as much to, to process. So we headed back to the church to look at the church calendar because we needed to go over stuff uh, coming up. And um, <clears throat> Dennis pulled out a book he was reading um, by a, 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 you know, someone that lived in France in the 1600s or whatever, and it was about like getting in touch with Christ on the inside, like, like you know, go, it's ref, kind of like con- contemplative prayer kind of thing, which neither of us are very good at. <laughs> but, but, um, but I was fascinated by this book. And, um, but he also mentioned another book that he had been reading that I was very familiar with, but I hadn't picked up in a while, called It's Watchman Nee's Release of the Spirit. And... Um, I just felt a nudge from the Holy Spirit to pull that book out and start reading it, and it absolutely wrecked me. And it reminded me of how the Holy Spirit works with us so that when we are functioning in the body and we are functioning in our gifts, we do that in humility, we do that with patience, we do that with gentleness, we do that in a way that actually imparts life to those around us instead of... Do you understand that, the, the, that Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he was writing to a church that was very, very gifted in the gifts of the Spirit. And they were also, in his words, a bunch of babies because they were very proud of their gifts. And they were flaunting their gifts of the Spirit. And they were saying, you know, your gift's not important because... I have this gift, and it's way more important than this gift. And, and they, were, they were being ridiculous. And he really had to rebuke them for the way they were going about using the gifts of the Spirit. They weren't building up the body. They were tearing it down. And, and, and Paul basically said, stop it. Just stop doing that. And, and be humble and be, and be broken. And he talks about his own brokenness. In the second letter to the Corinthians, he talks about how how he wanted to, to be very strong in his ministry. And the Lord said, no, it's in your weakness that my strength is made perfect. And he was very broken. <laughs> very broken. 
And this book, uh, this release of the Spirit, basically this is the premise, and this is what I want to talk about this morning for the rest of my time here, my rest of the time that I'm talking. And that is about, about the Holy Spirit needs to break us in a good way in order to release the Spirit in us so that it impacts people in, in, a, in a very, very life-giving way. We don't talk a lot about brokenness. The go- the, this is part of the gospel too, by the way, and I'm going to prove it in a, in a moment. But as Paul is making his appeal to be gentle and loving and patient and forgiving and all that, you kind of have to go through some brokenness to get to that place and, and, and not be prideful and not be irritated and, and, and put out with the shortcomings of other people around you. Because we, you know... Life below with, with saints we know, that's another story. <laughs> okay, so that, that we, we've, we've already you know, established that. So I want to I talk about how, this, you know, how the Holy Spirit deals with us and, and, and how he breaks us in a good way. Not, he never wants to break us in a way that damages us. He never wants to break us in a way that causes us to be um, crippled and, and, and damaged and hurt. That's not, his, that's not the point of brokenness. And trust me, I, I've been, at 65, I've been through a number of, of times of breaking in my life. In fact, I'll never forget, I'd only been a, a pastor here for a couple of, couple of years. When I was with Will, Phil Shank, the, the senior pastor at the time who hired me, I was his, his associate for eight years. And I remember getting out of his car to go in the house to have lunch with him and, and his wife. And I had been talking about something. <laughs> and I, w- I was talking to him on Friday, and I reminded him of this, and he just laughed his head off. But he said, Neil, you're a tough nut to crack, but the Lord has just the right nutcracker for you. Like, you know, he, and he was right. <laughs> he was right. So anyway, um, I, I want to show you something. So I want to show you, first let me just quote the scripture to you, and then I want to explain what that has to do with what I'm talking about. So uh, one of my favorite scriptures, and I know that it's uh, my my brother Stephen Fonte, this one of his favorite scriptures is Hebrews 10.14 that says this. And it sounds like like an oxymoron or a paradox or something. Um, By one sacrifice, Christ has perfected forever. Christ has perfected forever. By one sacrifice, he's perfected forever those who are being made holy. Well, if you're perfected forever, why would you need to be made holy? That seems weird, doesn't it? Well, there's, there's a lot going on there. And so it has to do with what we're talking about here. The perfected forever part is the gospel of God's grace that you are, you are forever pleasing to God. You are forever accepted by him, embraced by him, loved by him, and there's no performance that's going to make that, make you any more loved, any more accepted, any more a saint than, than, than uh, you are right now because what Christ has done by one sacrifice, by his sacrifice on the cross, you've been perfected forever, so you're safe. The safety net of grace is there. God's love is, is not conditional. You don't have to perform anything for his acceptance. But you are in the process of being made holy by the same spirit that perfected you forever. Now, how, how does that work? You know, Paul says this in, in uh, the, 
he was writing the letter to the Philippians, and he, and he said this. He said, uh, in, in, in verse 6 of chapter 1, he who began a good work in you will take it on to completion in five minutes after you're saved. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, 10 years. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, 25 years after. Until the, until the coming of Christ Jesus, until Jesus comes back. He's going to be working on you till Jesus comes back. Or you die, one or the other. You know. Either you go to Jesus or he comes to you. You're still going to be being worked on by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah is right. And sometimes that feels good and sometimes that, that's painful. <laughs> We're going to get to that. So let, let me show you what this looks like. If you would go ahead and, and Marina, put up the first slide here. So... The human makeup, and I'm not talking about cosmetics, you know, I'm not talking about blush or, you know, lip, lipstick. I'm talking about how we're made. We, have a, we are our own trinity, you know, so to speak, because we have a spirit. And the reason that looks weird at the top is, is, is our, as members of Adam's race, before we come to Christ, our spirits are dead. When, when God said to Adam and Eve, in the day that you eat this forbidden fruit and disobey me, you will die. And they did die. They didn't fall over dead. They still had a mind, a will, emotions. Their identity was wrecked at that point. And they still had a human body, but that body was affected and it eventually gave out. And, and Eve died before Adam. And then Adam was, you know, he was 936 years old or something like that when he died. But they finally ended up dying, dying. But the spirit was the first thing that died. And they gave birth to a race of people with dead spirits. So that's what we look like. We, we have a mind, we have a will, we have emotions, we have, a, we have an identity, and sometimes that identity is really messed up before we come. I mean, it always is before we come to Christ, and, and Christ begins to show us who we are. And we have a body that, you know, obviously that cont- contains all of that. Let's go to the next slide. When the Holy Spirit comes into our spirit, that's when we're perfected forever. We're perfected forever in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit and our spirit become one, and, and we, are, we have eternal life. It's, if, if you remember um, uh, the sermon that, that Matt Franklin taught several weeks back about the, the tea bag in the water, when that tea goes into that water, then that water is no longer just water. It's forever tea because the tea goes into the water, and it becomes one. That is a pretty darn good analogy to what happens when the Spirit of God comes into your spirit and quickens you to life. In fact, um, the, you, you, you know, the, 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 the people that interpret and you know, translate the Scriptures in, in the Greek and in the, in the New Testament, they have a hard time distinguishing whether Paul is talking about Spirit, Holy Spirit with a capital S, or human spirit with a small s, because it can be used interchangeably. That's how much we are one with the Spirit once we receive the Spirit of God. But our souls, <laughs> our souls don't necessarily get fixed at that point. In fact, they don't. I'm just telling you straight up. <laughs> 
Your mind still needs to be renewed. Your will still needs to be surrendered. Your emotions still need to be healed and brought under control. And your identity needs to be, uh, like, restored. And that doesn't happen the moment you get saved. In fact, I'm telling you, that's what Paul's talking about when he says, he who began a good work in you will complete it at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It ain't going to happen before then. That's why we have to bear with one another. That's why we have to have patience with one another. That's, how, that's why we have to have gentleness and, and, and forgive each other because we're not, our minds are not completely renewed. And sometimes we hurt each other because we think one way and, some, and you know, someone else thinks another way and we get into conflicts over just those kinds of things. Um, man, not surrendering our wills to the Lord gets us in all kinds of trouble. That's why we still sin as Christians sometimes. Our emotions aren't healed. That's why we have these, uh, Rita knows, remembers the, the teachings about this that we heard, you know, 20-something years ago about squishy spots. That, that there are places that are um, unhealed area of, uh, that, that have been, been caused in our emotions by, uh, you know, bad parenting or, or things that we've encountered or experienced. And it leaves us emotionally wounded. And then when those wounds are touched, we're triggered and we react. And sometimes we react in very ungodly ways. <laughs> Bearing with one another, forgiving one another. Christ is, and God in Christ has forgiven you. So Christ is perfected forever. Those who are being made holy. So let me have my slide back up there again. So... Um, so our will, our mind, our will, emotions, and our identity need, need to be, they need some work. <laughs> and so here's, what, here's how this works. If you go to the next slide, um, Marina, that'd be great. So what, what God wants to do is he wants to influence our mind, our, our minds, our wills, our emotions, and our identity through brokenness, which, which breaks that barrier between our spirits and our soul to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to influence those areas of our lives. And so often it takes God breaking us to do that. Now let me, let me give you the scripture that I, that I want to use to back that up. Everybody's familiar with the first few verses of Romans 12. Romans 11 is called the Hall of Faith, and, uh, and, and I want to clear up something that I think is a misunderstanding of, of this scripture I'm about to read. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, it says cloud, not crowd. And I'm, I'm making a point here. I don't believe that, that we're surrounded like we're in a stadium and we're surrounded by all these people watching us live. If that's the case, I don't want to take a shower again, you know, without my, at least my swimsuit on. You guys, honestly, I, I don't believe there are people up there watching us sin. I, I don't. The, the witnesses are, they have witnessed to us their faith by the way they lived. And we are looking at them, not them looking at us. Okay, let me just clear that up, because that really bothered me for a long time. I'm like, really, you're watching me? Therefore, since we are surrounded by this crowd 
of witnesses witnessing their faith in God. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. He's writing to Christians. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter. There it is. This is written after, this is Romans 12. What I quoted was Romans, I mean, uh, Hebrews 12. This is, this is after Hebrews 10, about being perfected forever, those who are being made holy. The author, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. That's where he was broken, scorning its shame. It wasn't fun, but he, what, what was accomplished for us was accomplished through the breaking of himself on the cross. He goes before us. Now listen to this. Some of you have forgotten the word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son. Listen to this. My son, do not make light or despise the Lord's discipline. And do not lose heart when he rebukes you. You know, that's part of this whole thing too. Paul loved the Corinthians, or uh, yeah, the Corinthians, but he had to rebuke them because they were misusing the gifts and being prideful and stupid. Do not despise the Lord's discipline and lose heart when he, when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and he chastens, and the word literally means spanks there, everyone he accepts as a son. You know, I love my children so much, man. I, I love being a dad. That's been one of the greatest joys of my life. But I'm going to tell you, I had to discipline both of them. Lindsay seems so sweet. Yeah, yeah, she, she really puts on a good act. But anyway, I had to discipline my children. Now, we have jokes about the way I did it and, and so forth, and, and it, it's all in fun. But, but, but they are who they are in part because Deb and I had the courage to discipline them. And if you're not disciplining your children, you're, you're not acting in love towards them. And God's the same way. We learn that from him. Endure hardship as discipline. Endure hardship. Listen, you know, when you come to Christ, and even though you get grace, I mean, grace, 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 but it's not all butterflies and happy things. You know, it's not all roses and honeysuckles. There are tough things that happen in our lives, and it's for our good. And sometimes he, he allows it. And sometimes he engineers it. Seriously. Because God is treating you as children. For what child is not disciplined by their father? If you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not a legitimate true son or daughter. Guys, when, when tough things happen in your life and you feel broken, good. Thank God. He loves you. You're a daughter. You're a son. Moreover, all of us had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of, of, our, of, the spirit, of our spirit and live? God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. There it is. He has perfected forever those who are being made holy. And part of that is done by brokenness. Where did it go? Sorry. Let's put that back up. So, so God does this right here. So let me show you the result of that. Go to the next slide. This is where we're headed. This is what we're aiming for. The Holy Spirit breaks us. Then he can begin in our brokenness to bring 
to bring good things through, through that into our minds, renewing our minds, helping us surrender our wills, helping us be healed in our emotions, and, and really showing us that we are sons and daughters of God. To live below with saints we know, well, that's another story. If you're like me, the person I need to have the most patience with and give the most grace to is myself. And, and I'm so thankful for God's breaking in my life because it's not by might, it's not by power, it's not by giftedness, it's not by self-effort, it's not by my strength, it's by His Spirit. And His Spirit needs to be released into my mind, my will, my emotions, and my identity so that I will be able to use my gifts through the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit through the Spirit, ministering to you guys as I do my part. You're blessed by the Spirit ministering to you through my gifts. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. Otherwise, you may feel really bad. I'm not telling you that you're due a spanking. I'm not telling you that. But when things go sideways... When you go through tough times, when, when you feel very broken, take heart because the Lord is loving you. I'm going to end with this. Um, I know I didn't have a lot of illustrations this morning. I, I had a couple in mind, but I, I see I'm out of time now. This was, this was Friday. I was writing in my journal, and um, there were three things going on in my life last week that where I, I felt the Lord's discipline. Three things that were problems, trouble, but I was being disciplined. And, and so I'm just going to read just quickly just a few sentences from my journal. Now, I've, I've written out a prayer to the Lord, and here, here's his response to me. Neil, you asked me, and, and this was after I'd, I'd read about three-quarters of the re- release of the Spirit. And I'm like, Lord, break me. You know, I want to be broken. And he's like, okay. He said, Neil, you asked me, based on reading the, the book, release, the release of the Spirit, to break you, your outer man, this, this soulless part of us, this is a part of that breaking that you, you prayed for. <laughs> so you're getting what you asked for. Uh, though it's painful, it is effective, and this situation will not turn out to be very costly. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You will fully recover in this situation in terms of relational equity and physical well-being. The temporary pain will prove nicely to break your outer man without lasting damage otherwise. Isn't that precious? And it's, it's turned out to be that way, actually. I can tell you now, days later, it has. You, should, you showed remorse and humility in the situation, and so your relationship will be healed relatively quickly, and I have accomplished answering your prayers for brokenness in an expedient manner. So be joyful and thankful for my work in your life as an answer that was done in a manner with the least amount of fallout. Neil, you will recover well, uh, but your, your broken outward man will remain. And that is my goal, and it, is also, it also pleases me that you can see and understand that this is part of the breaking process. I felt like I just had to share that with you. I know most of you thought I was perfect. 
I am in my innermost man, <laughs> in the spirit. I've been perfected forever. So just kind of hang on to that one. But I, I'm, being made, I'm being made holy by the work of the spirit and the breaking of the spirit in my life. So he can be released into my soul so that can be released to bless you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this precious group of people. Lord, I see I'm almost 10 minutes over, but Lord, I just felt, felt like I had to share what I shared. And so God, um, thank you for, for your word to us this morning and your encouragement to us as, as we see that, uh, that not only have we been perfected forever, but you're still at work in our lives to break us and, and to make us whole in our soul so that, that your spirit can be released through us in a way that is pleasing to you and a blessing to others. I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you received a fresh revelation of the gospel of grace and that you experience the goodness of God in your everyday life. For more content like this or to stream our services live, visit thebridgespringfield.com. Have an awesome week.